The Northeast Newscast is brought to you by the Northeast News, the voice of historic Northeast Kansas City since 1932. Interested in helping promote your business while also keeping the voice of the Northeast alive? Advertise with the Northeast News today by calling 816-241-0765 or by emailing northeastnews at socket.net. Thank you for listening, thank you for reading, and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Northeast Newscast. I'm your host, Paul Thompson. Have you ever wondered what Titan security officers do in a given day? Would you like to find out? This week I'll answer that very question as I go on a ride-along with Titan security officers Daniel Williams and Ryan Bean. Williams has been with the CID for several years, Bean for roughly six months. The pair provide a unique perspective on what it takes to patrol Independence Avenue, what they do on a day-to-day basis, and what are the biggest issues that they face. We talk about prostitution along the avenue, some of the biggest hotspots that take up their time, why both officers prefer CID work to on-site work with Titan Security, and the message each officer would like to send to the community. I spent roughly three hours getting to know these officers earlier this week, and I'm excited for the community to do the same. We'll start with an introduction to Daniel Williams and Ryan Bean. Enjoy the episode. I'm Officer Daniel Williams. Uh, I am the Sergeant of Independence Avenue CID, the Community Improvement District. Uh, I've been with Titan as a company for uh, almost four years, and I've been on the CID for approximately three years and some change. Cool. I'm Officer Ryan Bean. I'm the Corporal of Independence Avenue CID. Um, I've been out, been with Titan for about a year now, and uh, I've been on Independence Avenue CID for about six months. Cool. And these guys will be my guides for the, the morning at least, and we'll see how things go. So I appreciate your time. Thanks for letting me tag along today. Yeah, no worries. And no let's get this thing going. So we're all riding together in the car today. It's a little bit rainy this afternoon. The bike patrol stuff is, it looks like it'll be tabled for a little later in the afternoon or maybe for a later date. But we just filled out the activity logs. Uh, I signed a waiver. Where are we at? What are we doing? Uh, what's the typical schedule like? The typical schedule would be basically we just kind of set out Independence Avenue, kind of look uh, to see if there's anything worthy of addressing. Uh, if not, then we'll just start performing customer visits, uh, which is a major part of what we do. A lot of people think we just we just patrol only, uh, but a lot of it's building a relationship with the, the business owners, uh, the employees, managers, uh, and even people within the community. So if we don't see anything to address, something to be proactive about, uh, or if we're not responding to a dispatch call, we're just not getting any, which a day like this, considering it's raining, we probably might not get so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we do, it'll be for loitering. Uh, we'll just go ahead and start doing customer visits. Cool. Now. You mentioned uh, dispatch calls. Uh, that communication line with PD, is that something that is usually flowing pretty regularly? Uh, or is this communication between you guys? Yeah, this is communication between the business owners, uh, the employees, and then our dispatch. Right. Basically, if they have a problem on their property, they'll go ahead and call Titan Protection and Consulting our dispatch. Mm-hmm. Our dispatch will dispatch us to whatever property is having an, an issue, and then we'll, we'll show up and address it. Cool. So how many business stops do you do in a given day if things aren't too hectic? Mm, I would say anywhere from 12 to 15. Uh, 
and that can be like again that can be different depending on the day we try to do as many as possible uh, but if we're seeing a lot to address if the park is full or if there's people loitering or panhandling we'll go ahead and, and handle those things which can kind of take us away from uh, customer visits but we try to uh, squeeze as many as we can in one day cool well how many interactions do you have with not just the business but with individuals people that you need to disperse negative positive I mean with the community generally how many interactions do you usually have in a given day man that's uh I can't give a specific number I mean, dozens hundreds we're no, we're not we're, we're not probably looking hundreds. at maybe a dozen mm -hmm. yeah, you could definitely find at least a dozen things a day to address uh, again that's with being proactive uh, mixed in with reactive when we're when we're being responded to or when we're responding to calls then uh, you can get past a dozen but it just really depends it, every day is going to be different you can't really put a number on it uh, we would like to set an average on things so we can present stats but it just really depends on what that day is like who's acting up um, it also depends on who's working that day some employees of the businesses are not as uh, you know willing to call us not not necessarily they don't want to but just because they're just uh, busy or they don't they don't view it as a threat whereas some of the, the owners or the managers will call us on everything right so it just really depends on who's working and what the day is like usually the better the weather uh, usually in the spring and the summer we're gonna we're gonna experience a lot more calls uh, a lot more things to address in the cold weather in the winter season days like this when it's raining we're not really going to see as much but we might get a lot of calls for loitering because people are trying to beat the rain and find somewhere where they can hang out and kind of uh, get out of the elements a little bit cool now I wanted to just talk briefly before we get too far about our last interaction together uh, over at the subway there on Independence Avenue uh, really an, an opportunity for for you guys to, to be involved with life-saving measures potentially with an individual who had been shot outside of that business uh, how how atypical is that kind of scenario where where you actually have to rush to a scene and, and help out somebody who's been injured um as far as the shooting goes we don't that's not as typical right uh, I've, I've been here for three years uh, approximately going on four years uh, and I've only seen maybe two or three of those maybe uh, now as far as any other emergency situation there's there's quite a bit of those it might not be like I said involving a shooting it might be somebody who's uh, incoherent somebody who can't breathe uh, somebody who's just extremely intoxicated so we're rushing over there to get to those folks uh, but if we're just talking about a shooting then we don't that's not that's not as typical as uh, people might think it is what's the most common type of interaction that you have then outside of face-to-face -face business owner meetings and and the like just interaction with uh, with the people within the community yeah uh, I would say probably loitering loitering drinking and panhandling those are our number one uh, uh, and usually they're all tied together usually if somebody's drinking uh, it's a possibility they're also panhandling on that property right uh, and definitely loitering right yeah so, that'll go his hand in hand doesn't it but it would I would say just drinking drinking and loitering I turned off the audio here for a second as the Titan guys took me along their usual route down Independence Avenue. When I turned the mic back on, we stopped at the Phillips 66 just west of Wilson Road. Alright, so I'm popping this thing back on. Back on the record, officially. Uh, we just left the Phillips 66 just over by the bridge, just east of the Space Bank. 
I wanted to get a chance to follow up on one of the things we talked about in the store. And, and one thing I noticed, one, was a you know, very friendly interaction with staff. You mentioned that they're very appreciative of the work that you're doing. Is that true at most of the locations along the avenue? Yeah, that is. Like, when we first started uh, performing customer visits on Independence Avenue and patrolling uh, with the Independence Avenue CID, uh, we had our initial conversations with management and owners and staff and just like, you know, how are you doing? And um, have you noticed any suspicious activity? To whereas now we've came around so much and they've called us for so many uh, incidents or calls for service that we've developed a relationship with them. We don't. We no longer have to have those conversations. We just come in, say hi. They know what we're here for. Um, and if they need something, they can just flag us down, or they'll just come out and say it. We don't have to ask. Right. Know? And just us being on their property allows a uh, or allows them to feel a little safer. Uh, it's just a good deterrent for any crime that may have been uh, or may have happened uh, if we weren't here. So. You also spoke briefly about the interactions you have with individuals, not business owners, but right. but those who are loitering, uh, those who you know you kind of come into frequent contact with at various locations throughout the avenue. It did seem like, or having talked to you about that, it, it does seem like those interactions have also improved. That there's been a, a level of respect that's been kind of gained by the Titan team at this point. Can you maybe juxtapose or talk about what, how that has changed over the years and, and what that respect level, how, how it's improved? Right, yeah, it's, uh, again, initially when we first started patrolling Independence Avenue, uh, there was a lot of resistance. Uh, folks weren't necessarily used to being told what to do. Mm-hmm. To proactive officers addressing their behavior, so there was a lot of resistance, and they didn't necessarily know what what authority we had or what we could or could not do. So there was a wall there, uh, but you know, after after taking care of business and, and building relationships, even with those people, it's not just about the owners or the managers; it's the people that are drinking and loitering and panhandling. The repeat nuisance offenders, they they begin to know who we are and that we that we mean business. Uh, with that being said, it's not all about uh, uh, busting heads either. You know, we can show them some grace, show them some love, educate them, um, and and that helps with that relationship process. We don't necessarily always got to be rude or, uh, you know, extremely bold. We can just kind we can love on them at times and just kind of help them understand like their behavior needs to be changed, and uh, and, and it has gotten better. You mentioned, or uh, you kind of broke down the process while we were in there too, or, or the steps that you take before you actually get to the point of detaining somebody. Can you maybe run through that for the record as well while we're here? All right. Usually, what I do, uh, this is my rule of thumb. What I'll do is, uh, if it's the first time I've had to approach this person, a uh, particular person, or making contact with them, I'll go ahead and give them a verbal warning. I'll just start off by saying, "Hey, man, you know, uh, what, whatever he's doing, you know, that's not allowed here." If I see him doing it again on a separate date, then I'll go ahead and give him a written trespass warning. Uh, if he per, if he continues his behavior again after that, then we'll do what we call a, a, a summons application, which is an application that we apply, that we write down uh, the behavior or, the, or whatever scenario it is, and we forward it to the Kansas City Police Department, and then he'll go ahead and, uh, that officer will go ahead and issue a summons. Uh, if they come back again to the Pacific property, on the same day, after issuing a summons app, then we'll go ahead and detain them uh, and get the Kansas City Police Department out here. How often does it come to that? Uh, the summon apps, 
we issue a lot of quite a bit of those but as far as the detainment after a summons happened the same day we don't we don't we don't really see too much of that they usually respond well with the summon app uh, and they know they're being cited for their action they kind of go about their way so uh, very 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 few times that we actually had to detain somebody after warning them with a summons or after after citing them so cool um, so like I mentioned this was a very positive interaction with staff in there uh, I'm sure they're not all that positive I mean do you do you remember a time where you maybe had a frustrating interaction I mean there's I'm, I'm sure I, I mean there, there's been a few times and it's not necessarily that their frustration is towards us right uh, maybe their frustration is uh, because of uh, you know the hanging out on their property or the people who are committing crimes around their property or the things that they're observing from the community but uh, we understand that, that that can be frustrating uh, for them and we just try to handle that situation for them as best as we can and we understand it so we don't really uh, get frustrated back with them if that makes sense we just, mm. but we understand we, we take that into consideration we're mindful of that that it can be frustrating so I can't really name a specific time or uh, uh, something like that happened, so. right. but uh, I'm sure it has. So. The next time I turn the mic back on, it's because Daniel Williams has brought up the issue of prostitution along the avenue, an issue that's been a hot spot among community leaders for some time. I know we probably won't see a lot of this today because the weather's not great, but you you kind of brought this up and it's some one of the things that I had written down to ask you about was prostitution along the avenue. I've seen a lot about it on social media recently, how to combat that, what the public should do. I guess I'll start by asking you how you guys handle prostitution on the avenue. Um, we handle prostitution different ways. If it's on one of our CID properties, uh, we could uh, we could address prostitution and soliciting in uh, some of the ways that I've discussed with you prior about the trespass warning, those levels. Right. Uh, if it's not on a CID property, if it's on a public sidewalk or a corner, uh, what we can do is just spend a little time with them, educating them, handing out some resource cards that we have available, uh, which is a list of uh, uh, resources that they can they could, uh, check into. Places on the avenue that will offer free meals and things like yeah, that. Free meals, uh, maybe even some clothes, mm -hmm. maybe even a place to get a, a physical evaluation. Mm -hmm. Jobs, they got cats on Yep, for jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, because it's not CID property, it's public property. That's all. That's all we're willing to do. That's all we can do. Is just kind of educate them, spend some time with them, um, and just you know let them know that they're. Uh, they're seeing right people see them so. well, what would you guys recommend that the public do uh, when, when they see something like that happen do they should they be reporting it to you should they be I would say as, as frustrating as, as that is uh, and with the police department being extremely busy mm -hmm. uh, this may it may seem like a waste of time that's not necessarily my opinion uh, but just keep on just keep on reporting it to the to the Kansas City Police Department and I know at times it can be frustrating it'll seem like a runaround uh, but that's probably their best option. Just document it, uh, the times that, that they're seen, um, even what even what the subjects look like, mm -hmm. and just kind of stay on the police department about it. And I know they recently brought back the community interaction officers. Uh, Greg Smith has developed a lot of good relationships with the community. Is it a benefit, do you think, to, to reach out to someone like Greg to try to just keep the documentation rolling and, and let, make sure that he has 
descriptions for, for individuals who are kind of repeat offenders? Well, I can't really answer that for him, but I would say, in my opinion, if, if he was uh, taking documentation from people, I would say, sure, if, he, if he's willing to take that documentation, uh, go ahead. Does the public ever drop documentation like that off with you guys? They do sometimes um, uh, during like our Four Corners events. Mm -hmm. uh, people within the community will show up and just kind of, not necessarily documentation in the form of paperwork or email. Right. They'll just kind of share with us what they're what they're experiencing, what they're seeing, uh, and of course the frustrations that come along with it. Sure. And we and we kind of just go over what what we're going over now and just tell them what they can do and what type of uh, action they can take. Interesting. Okay. Now, how often do you encounter that? I mean, how often do you encounter a prostitution and have to hand out those cards and, and spend some time talking to individuals who are either in, in a business or outside of a business or, or on a street corner in the public sphere? Uh, often, often, uh, especially if we see a new prostitute to the community, right. then we're extremely proactive about getting them those cards and just kind of letting them know, like, you know, people see you, what you're doing, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, but if it's the same uh, the same people that the repeat nuisance offenders the same prostitutes that we're used to seeing uh again we'll just kind of go over with them what we already went over but we're not as uh, uh as forceful with it or, or as, as proactive with the same people over and over and over again because they've already been talked to right and they just chose not to take those resources right they're not going to take advantage of the services uh, that are available but we encourage them to man and uh, whether or not they do or not again we can't force them to do it the other thing I wanted to ask you about was kind of like hotspot areas along the avenue. And I know that you both probably have an opportunity to interact with certain businesses, certain locations where either, whether it's close to public transportation, it's nearby a local business that they can, you know, go buy a, a drink or go buy something cheap and be able to hang out for a second. What are the hotspot intersections along the avenue where you have to pay extra attention to? Um. I would say on the west side of Independence Avenue, uh, definitely the 1900 block mm -hmm. would be a hot spot. Uh, anywhere from Brooklyn to Woodland, mm -hmm. from Brooklyn to Paseo, right? Those are major hot spots. There's a lot of loitering and, and, and open containers, and even some prostitution and a lot of panhandling and mm -hmm. on certain businesses around that area. Do you see a lot of traffic than foot traffic coming from downtown, essentially, to the west end of the avenue, or is it more local? Uh, I would say, I don't know, I would, I, I would say a lot of it's local, mm -hmm. uh, but there is uh, surrounding, like, homeless shelters uh, that are close to that area, and people will uh, leave those shelters and congregate over here. Okay. Hmm. Now, we just drove by the public park over on Independence Avenue there. Was, how have you seen those parks improve, if at all, over the course of your tenure here? Uh, they've improved a lot, actually. Um, the, the the public consumption of alcohol has decreased majorly. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot more uh, people within the community using the park for what it's intended for, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be a picnic or just seeing some parents out there with their children. Sure. Uh, we're seeing a lot more of that. And again, there's there's always room for improvement. There's always more we can do. There's always going to be somebody uh, that might be using it for what it's not intended for. Sure. But it, it's got a lot better. It's got a lot better.
SVNs, going back over there yeah. for, uh, you know, kids use the playground at SVN. Right. It's kind of nice to see. And, and I think you mentioned before that you have the MOU now with the parks, and that's also around the transportation hubs as well? Uh, yeah, we do have an MOU with the park. Uh, where they basically allow us to address certain behavior within the park. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, we have those steps that we take uh, addressing that behavior. But the power to detain, though, in those public parks as well as the avenue correct. businesses? Yeah, if we, if we had a, a conversation with a certain subject more than once and we gave them verbal warnings and written warnings and citations and they're continuing commit small offenses within those parks and we'll go ahead and uh, detain them and get KCPD out there. How long does that list look when you got uh, Vito Mazzara, the off-duty officer who works with the CID coming in? How long is that list typically when you have the off-duty officer coming in there and checking this out? The trespass list you mean? The way I understood it is you guys can you put together that summons list, right? right. Uh, how many individuals do you usually throw on a list like that in a given week just to give people a ballpark figure are we talking just the parks or just overall so typically around the parks and where yeah, you have the MOUs yeah probably about four or five a week we'll, we'll issue four or five summons uh, a week for that park and how many of those are repeat offenders Wow probably <laughs> Probably three, mm -hmm. maybe even four out of the five ninety percent. I would say. Yeah. Wow. Repeat That's offenders. a safe bet. And in long term, there's not a ton that can be done, right? Because they're all going to be released on their own recognizance, pretty pretty shortly thereafter an arrest, unless they've got serious warrants, right? Right. Uh, from your end, you just do your part and make sure that those things start adding up if they are repeat offenders like that. Right. We we kind of, we just want to make sure that they're held accountable for their actions and that they're. Uh, they're seen in front of a judge, mm -hmm. uh, so the judge takes note. Like, you know, okay, we've seen this person so many times, uh, and the judge, the court system, uh, has actually been handing out some some serious charges for that. Once you're seen so many times in front of that judge, you notice a, a major increase in uh, uh, the repercussions of the, the outcome of that court date. So hmm. That makes sense. Just a short time later, the topic of conversation turned to critics of the CID and Titan security. The guys were reticent to criticize the community, but they did dive a bit into how that negativity gnaws away at them while they're completing a shift. I mean, what would you say to to those like a critic of the CID or something who might say that, well, they should have they should hire off duty officers instead? But how would you respond to, to people who might say something like that? Oh, wow. You know, without being too forceful about it. Uh, I would say that if give the people what they want, man, the police department would probably cost more. Right. To I hire off-duty-wise. I would think it would cost considerably more. Yeah. Um, With unions and whatnot. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty... I wouldn't... I don't know where to touch on that. I don't know. Well, maybe... Uh, I don't know. I mean, like... Well, I've had a chance to talk to you about all the stuff that you do, so maybe a defense of, of the work that you guys do. I mean, I don't. I think maybe some of those critiques sort of overlook the efforts that are being done, and they see that, oh, there's still crime on the avenue, so that's... Okay, I would say this, man. First of all, we do our job, mm -hmm. 
every day as hard as we can. We're extremely well trained, even by law enforcement officers. Right. And uh, that we, we have a great accountability system set up. So uh, if we're doing something right, you know, if we're doing something wrong, we're held accountable. We have documentation for everything we do. Uh, and to say, well, there's still crime on Independence Avenue. That's like saying, well, there's still crime in Kansas City. There's always going to be a need for a cop. There's right. always going to be a need for a law enforcement officer. Uh, there's always going to be a need for security. So you, you, you're not going to get all the crime out of the city. You're not going to get all the crime off of Independence Avenue. So uh, for somebody to say, well, maybe security is not doing their job or we need to hire the Kansas City Police Department in replacement of the security. I mean, either way, you're going to there's still going to be a certain percentage of resistance. There's still going to be a certain percentage of crime right. for somebody to address. Whether or not it's Titan or whether or not it's an off-duty officer, right? You're still going to have to sit there and wait if if there's a blackout, right. you know, around the city for PD. Right. You have the same issues. You're dealing with the same realities throughout the entire city as an off-duty would be in the same situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know that you guys, you know, you. you you carry bracelets just like anybody else, right? I mean, if you got the power to detain, I would, you know, I would maybe question what an off-duty officer would do differently. Right. Uh, I mean, do would you do you see that they would have extra powers that you guys don't? They have more powers on on uh, on public property, obviously. Right. Because they're they're. Uh, so would that be the big difference if there yeah, is one? They, they have more. They have more different. They have more power on public public properties. But I still think they would use the same discretion that we would use in evaluating the situation that they're addressing, the scenario, and, and you know, and say, hey, is it really worth my time to, to, as you said, the bracelets, smack the bracelets on this guy for this offense? Right. Is it going to take up resources or my time when I could be addressing something more, uh, more serious? Right. Uh, so either way, each officer, whether security or police officer, they're going to be. Forced to make that decision and use their discretion on, on what they feel like is serious enough to. And we've already kind of talked about the pros and cons of just slapping bracelets on somebody. Right. And do you do you want to take an hour or two hours and sit there and wait with a guy and babysit him while you're waiting for PD to arrive to the scene? Right. Or is your is your time better utilized making more runs, talking to more business owners, having more interactions with the public? You know? Right. And that's why the the uh, application for a summons that we forward to the Kansas City Police Department was such a good uh, a good idea. It's such a good program because it allows us not to make so many detainments. But we can have them cited for their behavior and then free up the Kansas City Police Department to, to address uh, bigger concerns. When we next return, the Titan guys have just run off a repeated nuisance from an Independence Avenue business. So we just had an opportunity to stop at one of the businesses along the avenue, uh, kind of run off. You said, I think what you described him as, what, like a nuisance offender or something like that? A guy who's often uh, needs to be sort of scurried off of a site and who has caused problems before, whether it be trespassing or otherwise. Um, so I won't get too much into that interaction specifically, but I did want to ask you guys, and feel free to be as uh, open about this as you want, but... I wanted to ask you about on-site work versus off-site work, because off the record, we've had a chance to talk already about uh, your preferences and, and the experiences you've had before working on-site in a store versus being out here on the avenue. So I guess I'd ask you for the record and for our listeners, which do you prefer and why? 
Uh, I would prefer, I've done both. Like you stated, uh, I prefer doing uh, off-site, off which is what we're doing now here on the CID Patrolling Independence Avenue. Right. Uh, and the reason why that is is because in both in both work, you would you would get uh, some excitement or feel like you're making a change. But I feel like here on the CID, I feel like I make more of a change, mm-hmm. more of a positive change. Uh, and I'm able to get confirmation from business owners and managers and, and testimonies from them how much the avenue has changed and uh, some of the things they've noticed change and, and how that makes them feel. So I feel like I go home with a, like more of an accomplishment. Uh, I take more pride in my work doing this type of work. So. Right. And there's an element of just, I don't want to put too many words in your mouth, but like maybe just boredom of being in a store and, right. and having that same kind of routine every single day. Yeah. This yeah. You, have, uh, you never really know what you're going to get on, on a certain day, right? right. You can always get into, you know, a situation, or, or uh, uh, you can even get into like some business meetings that can kind of take you out of the norm. Right. Uh, and just you know, writing your reports and going to your court dates, all of that stuff is, uh, you know, breaking the norm of just standing still at a non-site position. Right. And what would you say about that? I agree with them. On-sites, you know, twelve-hour shifts, just kind of sitting in the same place. Mm-hmm can get pretty monotonous. Sure. What I like about being out here is, you know, you can see the change. You can see people change. You get to talk with people. Right. You know, you do get, like Sergeant Williams said, confirmation that what you're doing is helping. And you get the, the interactions with the with the community in a way, I think, being able to see the clientele of a, of a, of a district kind of shift over yeah. the course of time, I think, would be somewhat more rewarding than... Like you mentioned, the kind of when you get into something more monotonous. And, you know, that's what I I love to help people. Mm-hmm. So that's you get a lot more of being able to help people out here. Educate them too. So. Yeah. What would you do if you came across like a traffic accident or something? Do you have a role there to play just to help people out? I mean, would you go in there and pull somebody out of a wreck or something of that nature? Absolutely. I mean, we do that. We see a lot of traffic accidents out here. Mm-hmm. Um, Anything from fender benders to full-on entrapment, right. and primarily being the medically trained one. Right. You know, I'm out there, you know, maintaining C-spine, keeping their head straight. Right. You know, making discretion like that. For the big accidents, it's medical attention. Right. You know, who's who's hurt, where are they at, how are we getting them out if they need to be taken out. Right. For fender benders, it's more, a lot of people don't understand the process. Right. Like, they think, you know, I tapped your car, we got to sit in the middle of the road and wait for the police. No. It's like, no, we can pull in somewhere, mm-hmm. I'll take your information for you guys, we'll swap it, and you guys can be on your way. Right, yeah, and you can handle it yourselves. Yeah. And also, is there an element of just be in there to make sure that somebody doesn't try to flee the scene or something of that nature after after a more minor wreck right yeah we can we can be there uh, and make sure that nobody's attempting to flee the scene but if they if they do attempt to flee the scene we we won't stop them from doing that because that that endangers other people right uh, and endangers ourselves and them trying to hurry off from a scene mm-hmm. could cause another wreck endangering other people so what we'll do in either situation, either severe or fender bender, is we will help direct traffic mm-hmm. uh, until KCPD, KCFD can can arrive on scene. Right. Uh, and again, we know they're busy, so we we kind of 
extend that courtesy. And, would, uh, would you take license plate numbers or something if you were worried sure. about a possible bail? Yeah, sure, and we'll pass that, that information along to the police department. Now, uh, sometimes even pictures if we need to. Okay. For accidents like that, I'll take both drivers' IDs. So then if, you know, driver A does decide to flee, say, well, here's driver A's ID. Right. You know, we got name, ad, got everything. Okay, yeah, that's smart. Shortly after our discussion about accidents, the guys got a call for their first crime of the day, a theft at one of the stores along Independence Avenue. All right, so we just got called to the scene of, I guess, a theft over at one of the businesses here on the avenue. You guys took some information about them, about what the individuals looked like, uh, what they took, it sounded like, what what their interaction was with the, the, the staff at the store. Well, what do you do with this information now that you've taken it down? You can just document it and keep it on file uh, just in case that subject returns to the property at a later date. Mm -hmm. uh, or if they show up on another business on the avenue uh, trying to duplicate their their theft that they did here which is not uncommon some some people will steal from one store and then go to the next one and just uh, do it over and over so if we observe the, the description of the vehicle of those people on another property we'll kind of just keep eyes on them uh, and make sure that that's not what they're doing at the, the, uh, the new property how would you maybe I mean assuming you guys wouldn't uh, you know I know you don't always ride together so how would you maybe communicate that information to other Titan security officers? You know, we would use our radio. Uh, all of our radios are hooked up on the same right. uh, channel. And then we'll just kind of share that information over there uh, to each officer, just kind of let them know what the description is. Uh, is there a method by which you could share that information with businesses too? I mean, if, to be wary of, of yeah. individuals? Yeah, we would either visit the, uh, that business and speak to them personally. Uh, we could even send out an email. Mm -hmm. Uh, if it's something that became a repeat issue, you could say, hey, these people are coming in, be right. wary, call us if you see them, that right. kind of deal. Well, right, and we formed relationships with some of the managers and the owners, so we do have some of their phone numbers. Mm -hmm. I can shoot them a text or give them a call uh, if we have that type of relationship with each other and just kind of say, hey, heads up, we got you know this person matching this description who just committed this crime. Uh, it's a possibility that they could go to your to your property or to your store and, and uh, do the same thing. So just keep an eyes open. If you see anything, give us a call. Before I wrapped up for the day, I wanted to give each officer a chance to send a message to the community. Both officers preached patience as they worked to combat crime along the avenue. Well, we're just wrapping up here just after noon, coming up on about three hours of uh, this ride along. We got a couple of incidents, nothing too crazy. A little bit of loitering, uh, a theft, and a few stops and businesses, getting a chance to interact with those employees and those business owners who are kind of your eyes and ears on the avenue. I, I do appreciate you guys taking the time. What's on tap for the rest of the day for you? Uh, just basically continuing uh, what we've already been doing, customer visits, addressing dispatch calls as they're coming through and just being proactive in regards to the stuff we can see uh, that, that we need to address. So. What message would you like to leave the community with here? Um, be, uh, be patient. Change doesn't always come uh, when we want it or as fast as we, we would like it. Uh, but there has been a, a lot of change since the existence of the, the, the CID. Uh, and again, we hear, we, hear, we hear a lot of uh, confirmation and testimonies from people within the community and the owners. Uh, and there has been some, some minds that have been changed. 
because of what we're doing. Not only the security aspect, but the beautification of it. Uh, people are, are starting to to uh, change their mind and their perception of Independence Avenue. It's not necessarily a bad area anymore. A lot of people are, are coming here from different different parts of the city, even different uh, uh, small towns, and coming and uh, enjoying what we have here. So it's not necessarily uh, it's not all bad like like people think it is. And um, so just be patient. More changes coming. And we've already seen a lot. So cool. What would you say on that front, Ryan? Say keep your eyes open. Report what you guys need to. And uh, again, be patient. We're working hard to, uh, you know, make it pretty, keep it safe. Cool. Well, hey, thanks again for letting me tag along today. I'm glad I didn't have to use that waiver, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate uh, you going through the process and letting me sit along and uh, kind of see what you guys do on a given day. I appreciate yeah. it. All right, thank you. And that is all we've got for this edition of the Northeast Newscast. Once again, I'm your host, Paul Thompson. Thank you to the CID and to Titan Security Officers Daniel Williams and Ryan Bean for letting me tag along and see what you have going on in a day's work. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.